I, I would have straight up just left to freaking this call if he, if he said Kawaii, legit like. At least he didn't fall off his chair. Damn it. Yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> if you get off, I fall off my chair. Why are we knowing? Yeah, you're a good job. Uh, I have a I have a tendency of falling off my chair in uh, interviews. Hi everyone, um, welcome back to another CSE Sock podcast. This is episode five of Getting to Know CSE Sock, and today we'll be joined by our hosts, myself, Caleb, and Fiona. Hi. And we are joined by our very cool guests, the CSE Sock Socials and Student Experience Directors of 2021. So we'll start um, by just introducing yourselves. Um, your name, your degree, and one fun fact about yourself, starting with socials. Um, so my name is Lachlan, um, I'm in my third year doing mechatronics and computer science. This is one that I usually tell most people, um, I've spent more time overseas than I have in Australia, despite being born in Australia, so that's my fun fact. Um, yeah, hey, I'm Evan, I'm my third year computer science, um, I'm doing, well yeah, I'm doing computer science, I guess. Um, one fun fact, it would be, I don't know, I can crack over 38 parts of my body. Wait, what? Jeez. Yeah, it might be, okay. it might be like, it might be like 40. I'm not sure. Damn. Yikes. 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 It's cool. <laughs> yeah. Maybe live demo, surely. <laughs> live demo. Uh, yeah, no, nah, I'm going to be, I'm going to be ending up in a stretcher. <laughs> I, I want to start my neck and then... <laughs> Nice. Um, yeah, I'm Juliana. I'm the, one of the student experience directors. Um, I'm in my second year doing computer science. Um, a fun fact is that I once performed a rap in the opera house when I was 10 years old in a frilly white dress. It's very tasteful. Yeah. Wow. Cute. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, um, now, if you guys could explain what your subcom is about briefly, that would be great. Starting with StudX this time. Okay, cool. So student experience team, we're pretty much about um, outreach to the CSE community at UNSW. So that involves people who feel like maybe they're not a part of um, CSE SOC already. They feel like kind of they're on the outskirts. They don't really belong necessarily or people who are just in a bit of a rough spot, like international students um, or postgraduate students that don't necessarily fit, I guess, what um, would be the easiest way to become a part of CSE SOC if you're, you know, domestic undergrad and it's very easy for you to access events. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Do you want to do, I guess we go next then? Yeah. I mean, I mean, what socials? Um, I mean, socials is pretty much what we sound like. We create a lot of socials events, but one of our primary objectives is to actually like kind of engage and um, connect with the community. And usually that's through um, a multitude of events. Usually they're meant to be fun and engaging. It's also not only just to um, keep our current uh, members engaged, also try to reach out to the, the wider um, Unisummit community and try to get other people to join our um, society and hear more about computer science. Um, not going to go anything to add on to that? Yeah, so I think... One of the recent focus we've had is um, focusing more on connecting with our alumni as well. Um, and that's through, well, if Softel still happens, um, we do those type of events where, you know, um, older members from alumni get to um, communicate with or talk with younger years and, you know, pass on knowledge and whatnot. 
Um, so then again, that's just bringing the wider community as well of CSU stuff together. Yeah, great. So um, just out of curiosity, were you always part of your portfolio? So for example, were you in previous years, were you in that subcom for your respective portfolio? Yep, um, I guess I can start. Yes, um, last year I was in the student network um, subcommittee. So yeah, rename, but it's the same thing. Okay, we'll ask more about that later, but yeah. Um, I guess I'll go next, I don't know. Um, well, I was actually, so since I'm in my third year, I was in socials in my first year. Um, but like in last year, which was my second year, I was in careers portfolio. So I actually went socials, careers, and then back to socials for director. So I guess yes, yes and no. Yeah, nice. Yeah, and for me, I was in my socials. Um, I was in the social subcom in first year. So. Oh, nice. So for Evan, since you're in two different subcoms, um, how would you compare the two? You don't have to say cons for both. You can say pros for both if you want. I mean, um, I mean, you guys can see where I ended up. So I guess you know, that <laughs> answers my question, answers the question of which one I'd like more. Sure. But I guess uh, if you really want to be compared to two, like we do really different things. Socials yeah. just focus more on just having fun and like just reaching out to people and trying to just make new friends and get the community more involved. Whereas careers focus a lot more on firstly, you know, securing the bag um, and other things would be like um, trying to up, helping upskill and like connect uh, community to um, the industry. So that's one of the main big differences uh, between the two. So they do different things, but I guess um, I've always liked to do uh, a bit more fun stuff. So that's why I came back to socials, but careers is definitely a good place and you learn a lot of stuff um, being there. Yeah, nice. Um, so this episode is more of a retrospective podcast where we'll be looking back into the past events that happened this year. So starting with Studex, you guys organized the peer mentoring program for first years where you guys um, helped all the first years in computer science and engineering to um, adjust into the uni life. So what is it like to organize such an event? Um, well, I think being my very first event that I organized as a director, it was really diving into the deep end. It's probably the biggest event slash like overall program we, we've run all year. Um, it's like it starts before you would think it does, like pretty much the minute you become a director in November you start planning peer mentoring because you need to recruit mentors and interview them and you need to um, create lots of resources, documentation, train the mentors, and then you need to open it up to actually accept mentees and then you have to form groups and that's all before the program's even started, right? And then it's a term of the program. So it was a lot more planning than what I thought it would be, but it taught me a lot about like, how much work goes on behind the scenes for a lot of these events to take place. And I'm sure like socials can add on with some of those huge events you guys are on like camp, but um, yeah, it definitely teaches you a lot about like pre-planning when, when I was kind of just used to doing events like real time, like in subcom, you kind of just plan the week to week events and you, you, yeah, you kind of just ride the wave, but like, as a director, you have to start thinking about things a lot further in advance, especially for a program as big as peer mentoring. Yeah, so what other challenges other than like that sort of aspect or hurdles that you didn't really expect out of the program? I think the biggest one was logistical things. So 
say, for example, people wanting to swap groups or wanting to join the program late, we had like scripts that organized people into groups and it was a little bit of an inflexible system, I guess, to begin with. But um, yeah, it, when you're dealing with like over 300 people, it becomes a bit of a nightmare, like organization wise. So yeah, I think we learned a lot about like the best ways to utilize like software and, and even like programs to make our lives easier because otherwise we would have been spending hours and hours like matching up people with the same programs and degrees and yeah interests things like that yeah um also on the bright side what aspects of the program were well executed yeah I think um this was the first year we had like a collaboration event for peer mentoring we had it with NGSOC we had a sports day and I think it was it ran quite well like a lot of people, I guess, were out of their comfort zone being CSE students at a sports day. And we may or may not have been absolutely, you know, trashed by NSOC. <laughs> but I think the main point is everyone had a lot of fun and it was really nice to see, like, um, the intermixing of groups as well. Um, and it was just something, I guess, an event we hadn't really seen before with peer mentoring. Um, so yeah, it was quite nice. It also had like, I think one of the highlights for me as well was when right at the start of the program, when everyone was on like the globe lawn eating their subways and like Hayes and I just looked out on the lawn and we're like, that's a lot of people. Like we did, we, wow. <laughs> so yeah, that was, that was definitely a nice moment. Yeah. Yeah. The peer mentoring program, it is very successful this year. And is there like anything you could, you'd learnt from that experience you could improve on for the next year? Yeah, I think um, a couple things. Specifically with like weekly challenges, we definitely did those a lot on the fly. So I think we'd want to have a bit more of a plan for, I guess, once the program started, because we did so much planning pre-program like recruiting the mentors, training them, all of that. And then once it started, we were kind of like, what now? Because like we had done so much before and then we were kind of just faced with another round of planning. And I guess we weren't as prepared for it because the program already started. It was week two and we started, we had to like pump out events. So I think also when we were planning like the initial recruitment, I think we could have planned the actual program at the same time. But yeah, I guess there's only so much two people can do in a couple months. Yeah, thank you. So for now for socials in terms of events, um, since you guys organized the first year camp this year, would you guys say it was a success? Um, yeah, I'll take this one. Um, so basically, um, the way we measure success is through um, our feedback form. Mm. So our feedback form, I think, when we looked back on it, we got we tried to get almost as many as many campies to actually fill out the form because we do we, we do value people's feedback right now, um, because it's a constant way of us improving camp. Um, this year, um, the average score was around eight um, out of ten, and we believe that that's a really good score considering that um, previous camps have well they weren't as well like adjusting to COVID and whatnot. So as a result, the quality of camp wasn't as good. Um, I don't know about <laughs> like. Do you want to add more about it, Evan? No, nah, I like seeing you struggle. It's just so funny. 
<laughs> I, 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 I can tell you what I can tell you want me to talk, but I'm just like, nah, nah, nah. I'm just gonna see what I'm about to ask. Nah, yeah, um, I don't know. Wait, I'll give you the. I mean, I'll first I'll give you the objective answer. So objectively, well, once again, um, not gonna talk about the feedback form. So we had like, I think around 93 to 100 responses. So that's around um eight, mm. uh, around 90 percent of attendees filled it out, excluding um ourselves because we don't fill out feedback for our own camp. But with that said, um, out of out of score ten, yeah, our average was like in the uh, probably low eight out of ten, with the lowest score being like a six and the highest being a ten. So pretty good overall, like from objectively. But I guess um from a subjective point of view, uh, it's a little bit different being the directors um who ran the camp because you can only see the bad when you run the camp. Like you're always focused on the negatives. Like shit. Like oh shit, all this stuff is going wrong. Like you can only see all the stuff is going wrong, but then you don't realize that people don't really care about that stuff. It's just because um you're in that um point of view where you are trying to make sure everything is perfect. You forget that people don't really care about the uh, bad, and they focus on the good. So I guess um overall, I, at the cap, I actually thought it was like horrible. I thought it was the worst cap ever. But talking to like a lot of the campies after, like I mean, a couple of you guys probably went. And you probably know a lot of friends who went, and like I've heard a lot of good things. There's definitely places to improve, but overall, I think it was a uh, pretty good, uh, huge success overall. Yeah, it's nice to hear like a different perspective. <laughs> um, so in terms of what you think you could have improved on, like what you were just talking about, what do you think those specific things are? No, uh, no problem. I mean, one of the biggest ones was like um, activities. Uh, I don't know if you know, but like um, those activities were put on my ass like literally the day before. <laughs> I, I literally made those activities on the bus. Like I, I don't. Yeah, know like I saw you in the bus, and I was like behind you. You were making <laughs> that presentation that you were presenting for the kids. That is so funny. Like I half an hour before. Yeah, yeah. I literally made writing. everything before, like literally like thirty minutes before. Like activities were put. Like activities are made on the fly. Like literally, like, Google searches, freaking like. Like I was mashing up every single activity I've like done in my life. Like, oh shit, this is not bad. Like, I don't know if you could guess any of them. Like, would you be able to guess? Okay, so you know the um Fiona, you remember the Amazing Grace? Yeah. Um, so out of the 13 or 12 activities there were, do you, there were at least like two or three which were like completely like literally just made up on the spot. Can you guess which one? Like, no. like probably they... the crawling under the chair. The nah, chairs. that wasn't one of them. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> that one was actually ran the year before. Um, I'll oh. tell you which one. You know the bucket one? Oh, the one where we had to like lie yeah, on the yeah, floor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that bucket one was like, I literally, like, I'm pretty sure I watched TikTok like on um, the day before. It's like, yo, I could make this an activity. <laughs> and then, but the TikTok was just like, um, it was just like trying to like hold it for long as possible. But we had to like adjust it and make it like within the time constraints. Like actually make it like, because we you want each activity to run for around a similar time. So there's like mm-hmm. no, no one's ever like not doing anything. So we had to um, adjust and make challenges and like make it work for everything. It's like, if you really think about it, it's pretty much just programming. Like you, you, you look at Stack Overflow, you find your code and you adapt <laughs> it to what you need it for. True. And that was one of the biggest challenges. So activities, um, I mean, there are a couple more. I mean, Lachlan will probably um, tell you about his pains with emails and freaking chasing uh, camp yeah. yeah, so I was um, in charge of the admin side of our camp. So that involved uh, processing refunds, catching up anyone who didn't fill in their GMT, their activity waiver form, um, you know, all that, you know, what I would call boring stuff. Um, so in terms of that, um, you know, what probably could have been improved is um, having a more stricter refund um, policy. What we found out was because of COVID, a lot of people decided to cancel last minute and our cancellation policy wasn't strict enough. So we were dealing with back and forth conversations regarding like, oh, you weren't eligible for a full refund or half refund. And it just kept on going. And 
um, you know, that stalling process isn't really that good when you have to deal with a camp that's coming out very soon. And we want to maximize the amount of people that can go on camp as well. So we have every time someone was refunded, I had to call up. Well, I didn't call them up. But I had to text them and email them um, the next people on the waiting list to fill the next spot in um, and so forth. Um, there were about 11 or 12 people who um, asked for a refund. And I went through about 26 um, people through the waiting list, um, just checking for people if they could you know, fill up those spots. So um, in terms of improvement, um, probably just, you know, making sure that our refund um, policy was much stricter so we would avoid that in the future. And I definitely have written that down so next year's directors know that about that. Yeah, nice. So um, with Juliana talking about um, the logistics and all the pre-planning that went into it, um, how would you describe the process of planning a camp? Uh, instead? 100% the same thing, like, Got, like we started the moment we got directorships like literally on the day we got it mm. and we just did everything because we were in firstly we were in the social portfolio so we actually like had a good idea of what how things were run we um i personally have been to a camp as a campy i was as a camp leader and this is cc soft as well so quite um related also been to multiple uh, other camps as well i will also help plan another camp when i was in another society in second year so i have plenty of experience but starting early planning ahead it's always a good thing to do, but no matter what you do, like no matter how early you start, you should have started earlier. No yeah. cap. Like it's got a, like we, we had a whole plan out, right? And we were ahead of schedule, but before we knew it, we were like, what the heck happened to our backlog? I swear we're on top of things. Where does all this stuff come from? <laughs> like, no matter, like whatever you think, whenever you think you're like, you're doing too much, uh, doing too much, nah, nah, you got, you got more to do. Yeah. So yeah, pre-planning, everything, everything Juliana said for pre-mentoring, take that, put it into use and probably times it by a couple of times. Because um, I think uh, one one of the best things about peer mentoring is it's run over like a long period of time. So mm. you actually, you know, you can you can work on the job. Cam, nah, That's you got great. three days back to back. You have to have everything <laughs> planned out. I mean, you. I try to do stuff on the fly as well, like in the between the days, but that's that's not a good idea. I don't yeah, think you got much sleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I slept in the second. Uh, I slept in the second day. I had to freaking your, your boy was cleaning the freaking kitchen up till 5 a.m. And you <laughs> kids are dirty. Yeah. <laughs> Why do you think that place was clean as hell like in the morning? Oh whoops. <laughs> My apologies for, on behalf of all the campies, but like <laughs> <laughs> nah, it's cool because um, I would have done this because I did the same when I was first year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so like a broad question for like both of you, which you guys probably mentioned already, like what are the biggest challenges when organizing such like large scale events in general? You want to answer, Lachlan? I feel like I've been talking quite a bit. Oh, yeah, sure. Um, I think the biggest challenge when organizing such large-scale events is, you know, making sure you're, like, following up with your deadlines. So I can bring up camp, for example, because that was probably one of the largest events that we've run. We had about five deadlines um, from the beginning of um, when we started directorship. We had five deadlines that we thought, oh, you know, we should get the marketing campaign up by then. We should get camp leader applications done by then, interviews done by then, done by then. Um, Wait, if you guys want, you know, we can like, you guys, we can, we can send you like the, like the yeah. it's like literally like, we give you a snipping tour and you can like put up on the podcast when you do upload it. Yeah. But basically the hardest thing is, you know, like what Evan said before, like, you know, things come up or in crudely saying shit comes up. My favorite, um, my and... favorite one was the, <laughs> the freaking booking a room. That one was my favorite. Oh one. yes. Yeah, yeah. So 
we had we had a whole entire plan about cancelling your inductions. We're like on this date, during this time, in this location, and we oh forgot gosh, to yeah. send the room booking to the art delegate. And that oh. meant we could not have Even a room. Even when booker. you send them, the room bookings yeah. are a nightmare. Out, oh my gosh. So we tried to take their camp induction <laughs> booking room for the peer mentoring welcome oh, party, the one that had hundreds of people, because we didn't have a room for the welcome party like the oh. day before and we were freaking out because we're like where are we going to put like 300 people we can't just put them on the lawn like they need a room and we tried to steal their room <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it worked out in the end but it was split across two rooms because of covid yeah. and like the mm. four square meter rule yeah yeah we eventually delayed it um and said it was because of covid um but really what yeah. happened was we just forgot to book the room <laughs> <laughs> just but yeah, room booking was absolutely just um not fun. Um, we like, we we yeah we had we had we planned everything out. Everything was good, right? We planned. We had the slides done. We had the kahoot done. We had we sent out all our emails. Everything was on. Everything was planned. We just forgot to book the room. Can't run any of that without a room. So that was yeah. that was a nightmare. It's basically yeah. like all the unexpected things that come into play, right? Exactly. Yeah. And it's and it's the ones that you don't think about as well, like you know. Um, that just come out of nowhere and you'd like kind of have to react on the fly or no you know put your best ex- expertise into thinking what would be the best um way to solve this problem yeah um i also out of curiosity to the socials as well like you organized pub crawl early in the year as well yeah. what is like the challenges in organizing an event which is like outside of campus as well like in the city man pub crawl was so much easier than camp oh my gosh yeah. like <laughs> After doing, because um, I also I mainly worked on pub crawl. Um, I mean, one of the things we do, like, you might as well have an insight to how socials does things. It's like, um, when we run events, myself and Lachlan, we um, we do, uh, we we usually take each take like a hold of um, like take the reins of one event, so mm-hmm. that we have um, one person um, on top of things, and also we can we have less conflicting opinions. Firstly, secondly, we also get um, people know who to go to. Like so, subcom or like um other societies when we do collabs because popcorn is a collab event, so they know who's the main point of contact. So that's one of the things we do um to make things a lot easier and make things a lot um run a lot smoother. But with um popcorn, that thing that was so much easier after coming from camp. Camp was absolute nightmare. I think like every subcom should like go through camp running a camp at least <laughs> once. Like running a camp makes you realize how much work goes behind. Like whatever you thought there was times that by like a hundred. Like no cap, that shit is. <laughs> Oh, that's it. I don't want to do another one, man. Like, <laughs> makes you really appreciate, you know, going to a camp and, you know, not having to run it. But with that said, um, it really just prepares you for like any other event. I don't know why it's the first thing that directors have to do. It's literally the hardest thing that directors have to do. But it's the first thing you have to do. But with that said, um, makes everything else easy. Like pub crawl for, for an idea of how things were run. Firstly, like we organized like the um, theme, the dates. And after we reached out dates, we thought about like potential bars. And since we have multiple societies working on it, we just allocated and delegated um, mm. calling each bar up and trying to like, find them, find, trying to firstly secure good deals for us as a um, society and also guaranteeing them like, certain, um, a lot of people to be able to come and you know, make money. Some of the interesting things that popped up was like some bars had like a uh, minimum spend. So you had to spend at least some, somewhat, um, some money, um, like some certain amount of money so that you wouldn't have to pay like the excess. Um, we were a little bit concerned, like not sure if we could reach that. So like um the one bar which actually had this uh, minimum spend was the cidery, which is our second bar. And we were like, they said like you have to spend at least a thousand bucks or you guys will have to pay the deficit. 
and we're like, shit, a thousand bucks is a yeah. lot, man. Yeah. It's like, wait, a thousand bucks with it, like within the whole cohort or something? Uh, within, yeah. like, within the hour that we booked it for. Oh. Yeah. So Jeez. we're like, yo, that's like, for a drink. Okay, so discount drinks like five bucks. So that's like what? Um, twenty times five. That's like that's a wait. How, I don't even know, man. Two hundred, two hundred, like two hundred drinks, like two hundred, two hundred drinks. Like, sh- dude, I, I, that, that's and we have a hundred people going. That's like two drinks per person. That's not too bad, but like, what do people don't want to drink? It's the mm. second bar. People want to go out. Like, we we started thinking so much and we just overthought. So that, those are some of the complications. But we just like decided to run with it. Eventually, we end up smashing by like ten times. We hit like ten k or something like that. Jeez. Yeah, people spend a lot of money on alcohol. <laughs> so <realize>. yeah. <laughs> I mean, oh. I did spend like nine drinks in that in like in the total of three bars, but like yeah. there you go. Like um, so then those are some of the complications that came up uh, during the planning phase, but we never, I we just got over it. Um, other things was like um, uh, COVID actually like there was a lockdown. I think there was a barbecue guy. Was it the barbecue guy which caused us the lockdown around that time? Lockdown? I think so. I think so. Yeah. The barbecue guy. Yeah, man. The freaking barbecue guy decided to travel like, you know, the whole of freaking Sydney for a road trip in one day for no reason. So it causes us a lockdown. <laughs> and then we, which is actually dead, set, like dead smack in like um, when we wanted to run our pub crawl. That was not fun. Um, but we ended up deciding that uh, that we, we would postpone it. So that was one thing that came up um, as obstacle during um, the planning process. Um, at least it happened like yeah, yeah. it was it's better than just canceling it in general yeah i mean i mean so another option was to just go ahead and run with it like you know sitting down but that would be as fun like kind of boring <laughs> kind of dead not as good like you only drink while sitting down um you can't move around also a bunch of other restrictions in place like you have to have masks i don't remember but mm. it, we just decided oh. like it either either we make it a freaking uh, a freaking a lit night or you know mm. or have no night at all so go big or go home pretty much. Yeah, makes sense. Um, you guys were talking about, I mean, well, Evan, you said that you really wouldn't want to do another camp again, but were you in talks of having an all year camp potentially? Yeah, that was meant to be like a few days ago, actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you want to talk a bit about that one? Um, yeah, so I think the all year camp was one of our, I guess, most ambitious plans yet, um, considering that we've been uh, kind of, I guess jaded in the sense of you know camp off you know all nighters on camp um cleaning up on camp dealing with all our tickets refunds whatnot um I think with running an all years camp we saw a lot of positives or a lot of things we could take away from the all years camp even now that it's not running we still had a lot of things we could take away from it so one of the main things we could take away from it was it was more for for the the subcom. So the subcom was actually interviewing the camp leaders as well, and we we felt like this was a very valuable process for the subcom because um, it gave them firsthand experience into you know interviewing. It's which is not really a skill that you know I would say most other subcoms would usually get. Um, and you know this is all about pro- the easing the process in terms of if they were to become the socials director next year, they wouldn't have the same you know I guess. Getting hit by a truck, pain and struggle, you know. Yeah, the pain and struggle of of, um running a camp that we didn't have as much, but you know, definitely some people might have. So, um, that was one thing. Another thing was just giving them an insight into how how we usually run camp. Although we didn't get to the activities, um, at least they got the camp leader into camp leader application interview part. Um, you know, down pat, which is also really important because you can't run a camp with no camp leaders, right? You can't run a camp with just two of us. Like me and Evan, we can't just run the whole camp. We need our camp leaders. And ultimately, it's about forming that 
team and making sure that team's cohesive as well. So we gave them a bit of our tips and tricks regarding that as well. So yeah, I guess TLDR, I mean, you were asked like, I did say I didn't want to run another camp and I don't know, it sounds super critical that we were running another camp or in the plans <laughs> of doing it. So my TLDR would be, um, so some of the positives of running another camp is like, firstly, like CC Soccer doesn't do, hasn't really, or especially socials, hasn't really done a big event for, which caters for like, you know, all years and like people like, oh shit, first you can, that's so fun. I wish I could have gone on that. I missed out. Mm. Like, so we wanted to help um, other years be able to, you know, have um have the same experience of a camp because some other societies do all years um another thing would be like kind of it helps um the next generation of directors be better directors and sets them up and not get thrown in deep end so those were some of the main um things and one of the reasons why i didn't mind doing it was because we i had a team under me mm. and it was just me and lachlan trying to smash out um the camp by That's ourselves true. um we actually have you know freaking eight nine eight nine nine slaves below us to help us <laughs> so it wasn't yeah. just all us, all us too it's a lot easier when you have you know nine underlings to help you out i mean you guys you guys know what it feels like to be an underling you yeah. guys are running i see you guys running this podcast where are your directors huh? <laughs> juliana do you have anything you want to add on to that like biggest challenges in organizing big events or um i definitely agree with the room bookings thing um talking through <laughs> it was so much stress because they also don't tell you whether or not the bookings confirmed until like literally mm. the day before the event so you're just like, even for trivia night, we were sitting on the edge of our seats, like, are we going to have John Clancy to have this event in or not? Or even though we submitted the booking requests like a full 10 weeks before, uh, like the minute we realized that welcome, the welcome like party thing, it took so long for the booking request. We were like, we're submitting them all now. So yeah, that. And then the other thing I thought of was um, when you guys were talking about postponing rather, rather than canceling, um the sports day i mentioned it was forecast for torrential rain when um we planned it and it was actually the day that um the the lawn like filled up and flooded and oh, oh, oh yeah oh, that's the day we were gonna have the sports day <laughs> i forget so, oh yeah. my gosh that happened this year by week Imagine like sports day, it's like swimming. Yeah, swimming. That was actually that. one of the interesting things we had in our interviews. Um yeah, I mean, if you guys don't know, um socials and studex did our interviews together. And one of the questions, one of the interview questions was actually, um uh you know, so you guys you guys are planning on running a sports day in the uh, coming weeks, but you also know that it's forecast to have torrential rain. What do you do in this situation? Uh, um, I remember that question. Yeah, that was really <laughs> yeah, just us asking subcom what to How do you think your problems? <laughs> we, we were just we were just getting them to brainstorm on our yeah. yeah. So we'll now move on to um easy and fun BuzzFeed personality quiz, which will determine which CSC executive you are. So basically it's really quick and how it's going to work is that one of you will read out the question and we'll alternate. So we'll go Evan, Lachlan, Juliana, Evan, Lachlan, Juliana, and then discuss your thought process and why you chose the option you did. And don't forget to let the audience know what option you chose. <laughs> do I read it? Like, what do you, what do I do with my spare time? Yeah uh do i answer it now yeah i mean my my one probably would be play sports uh probably drink with a close second i guess but definitely second. play sports but there's um there's a reason for why drink is not um in, not the answer and that reason is oh i don't do that in my spare time <laughs> <laughs> i would look if i'm being real it's probably don't have much spare time <laughs> um, yeah 
I'd like to say something else, but that's probably my honest opinion. Yeah, you keep yourself busy, right? You keep yourself busy. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, for me, none of them would fit me at this rate. Um, but I'll probably say play sports as well because I do used to play football before COVID started. So, um, yeah. Play would you ref? I played and ref. Oh, okay. Not at the same time. I actually have a funny story for that. I actually have a funny story. Yeah, so, I, can, I can just imagine. Um, I'm just imagining the um. Yeah, have you guys watched the dictator? You know that scene when um I forgot what his name. What was his name? General Alazim, freaking like he's doing the hundred meter race um in his own like uh, uh dictatorship um <laughs> and he also he just has a gun like the gun to start and he's just shooting everyone like whenever like anyone passes him the hundred meters he just shoots their foot. He's <laughs> oh <my God>. <laughs> just rapping. It's like my favorite scene. It's like what Lockhorn did. But he wins his own race. It's insane. It's like so fast, man. Yeah, Lockland, do you want to read the next question? Sure, I'll read it. How would you describe yourself in one word? One, ambitious, chaotic, rich, big brain, or kawaii with some random squibbles? <laughs> um, for me, I would probably say ambitious. Um, I think it's the way I've been grown up, I guess, um, because I was fortunate enough to, um, you know, live in many different countries. And it's not something that, you know, everyone gets to say, um, you know, that you get to live in a different country for, you know, more than eight years or whatnot. Um, so, you know, following in, the, in that footsteps, it's like, you know, dream big, um, you know. So for me, I'll probably say I'm ambitious. Yeah, nice. Good answer. Um, anyone else? I second that, yeah. The good answer one? Ambitious, yeah. <laughs> uh, ambitious, <okay. laughs> No, like, I just, like, watch it. Like, when Caleb said good answer, I just imagine, I'm just imagining, you know, interviews. Because this is not actually an interview. It's, like, more of like, oh a chill. God. But, like, oh, my gosh. Would you guys start? Like, you gave me PTSD. Like, yeah, can you guys introduce yourself, name, degree, um, <laughs> fact? You're like, wait, it's not an interview. Why are we doing this? I, legit, I was just laughing inside. But, yeah, I freaking, Caleb was, like, saying good answer. Like, there was a right or wrong answer. <laughs> no, there's no right or wrong answer. It's just, yeah. Good I mean, justification, said, yeah. I, I would have straight up just left to the freaking this call if he, if he said Kawaii and legit, like. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, oh, at least you didn't fall off your chair. Damn it. Yeah, I'm not falling off. If you get off my fall off my chair while we knowing, yeah, you're a good job. Uh, I, have a, I have a tendency of falling off my chair in uh, interviews. Really? Yeah. You know, if you fall off, if you make me fall off my chair, like, Good job. You probably passed. <laughs> He's okay. Noted. So it's now Evan interviewing media. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> um, but yeah, I guess that makes me next. Uh, unless Julian wants to um, clarify why she's quite an ambitious person. It's pretty much the same what Lachlan Same reason. So you, Wait, you, traveled, you, for you traveled around. You <laughs> yeah, know. Not, not that part. But All right. yeah, it's just how I've been brought up, I guess. Yeah. Mm, fair enough. Yeah, no, so I'm definitely the quite, I mean, a chaotic person. Uh, no, yeah. I'd have to say chaotic, probably um, because of how, uh, I guess, what was the word? It's just when, what's the word when you do, when you do stuff oh, spontaneous? I'm like a really spontaneous person <clears throat> and I pretty much have no real exact structure. I have like a basic structure of like how, like what I'm going to do, but never what <clears throat> exactly I'm going to do. So I'm like a really spontaneous person and like I kind of just do shit on the fly. Never, never plan stuff. Ahead, not never plan stuff. Um, plan stuff too far ahead of time. Exactly. Really focusing on the now. Yeah, it can. That, you can see how you see how like you know it doesn't really make sense how this chaotic person end up in the directorship. Yeah, don't ask me, man. Um, I I didn't pick myself to get here. <laughs> so yeah, I, they must have saw something in me. I don't know what, but something. Um, 
but yeah, chaoticness probably are the best one to describe me out of there. Nice. So moving on to the next question, Juliana, do you want to read this one? So what is your biggest fear? It's fear of being alone, fear of running out of battery, fear of losing control, fear of losing someone or something you love or fear of failure. Um, I'll probably have to go with fear of losing someone or something you love. It just mm. seems like the most devastating one. Out of the world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why is one of these is not like the others? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. We just searched up, you know, nice questions to ask. I'm that one's not nice. <laughs> no, I'm saying one of them is like fear of running out of battery. Why is that one there? <laughs> yeah. Because we have something... to like match it up with the exact yeah. and we uh, just like put in. Yeah, it's, it's it's pretty real. That's a pretty real one. Not gonna yeah. lie. Yeah. Like all of these are you know really deep, and it's just one which is running out of battery. <laughs> I like it. I like it. So, what would Evan, you, and Lachlan? What would you guys put? I'd have to probably agree with um Juliana there if I'm mm. being real, uh, because the other ones don't really make sense much. Because like being alone, <laughs> I mean like lockdown has literally taught me how to be alone. Um, <laughs> failure, like failure is like honestly failure is part of life. You can't stop that, and mm. you know you learn from it. I don't even know what losing control means and running out of battery. I, I don't even touch my phone, so I really don't care. Unless you mean social battery. Yeah. Um, take it how you would like to. Yeah, no, nah, still still doesn't apply. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, probably the same as well. Mm. Um, again, same reasons. Yeah, nice. Um, next question. Um, Evan, you can read this out again. Uh, choose your favorite drink. Uh, water, tea, bubble tea, alcohol, coffee. Probably probably bubble tea, I guess. I mean, none of these really suit me that much. I honestly don't love alcohol. It's, it's just like a social thing. Since you said that there were no like answers for yourself, then what would you pick? Milk. <laughs> Milk? Oh, we should have put that in. Uh... Yeah, okay then. <laughs> Milk um... is dead ass like goaded. Like it's so good. <laughs> biscuits, oh my, biscuits, freaking uh, spicy cereal. Oh, cereal, Juliana, you agree yeah. with me? Yeah. It's on my hoodie. Cereal. <laughs> freaking, you, have, you, have you tried to make... <laughs> Have you tried to make shin, shin ramen? You use it for like noodles, like anything. Just, uh, just too good. It's good for your bones as well. <laughs> yep. Um, for me, probably water. Um, I don't really drink tea that much, nor do I drink bubble tea that much. Alcohol is a very social thing, and I don't drink coffee at all. So mm. you, um, I, I remember a lot of alcohol from you, but <laughs> it's yeah, just in a social, social context. Social, social context. context. That's not a social context. You were just losing. <laughs> <laughs> That's my choice. Again, it's okay. with people. It's with you, people. You, you chose to lose, okay? <laughs> you made a conscious choice to do that. Well, I do drink coffee. I like coffee, but I drink like four to five liters of water a day. Hence my wow. two liter wow. water bottle. I carry this everywhere with me in my uni bag. And I can't leave a room without it. So wow. <laughs> definitely water. <laughs> That's like what everyone wants to be like, but <laughs> no one does it. But it's then you have to pee a lot is the problem. Yeah, right? that's true. Sometimes I mean, inconvenient. Lockdown's pretty good for that, at least. Yeah, true. Yeah. All right, we'll go on to the next question. And Lachlan, you can read this one out, please. Cool. Um, what is the first thing you do when you get out of bed? Uh, take a shot, start vlogging, drink coffee, check your stocks, or go for a run? Honestly, I don't do any of them. Then what would you say would be closest to your personality or what what would you do as well um make breakfast okay well that's that's uh, um, you can put yeah. that drink you, coffee you, yeah. you, you brush your teeth hmm? 
You didn't brush your teeth? I do brush my teeth. I do brush my teeth. But you just said, what's the first thing you do to get out of bed? Just well, go straight to make breakfast. I'm, I make breakfast first, then I brush my teeth, and I eat. Oh, in the meantime, I guess, yeah. Yeah. Fine. Just, um, <laughs> you know, steaming takes time, so, you know, you can mm. save time in between. Oh, make, man's making bougie breakfast. I just make freaking mac yeah. and cheese or freaking cereal. We're done. <laughs> breakfast? What's uh, breakfast? I, a... I just don't eat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... <laughs> I wake up in like I wake up like usually in the afternoon, it's like three p.m. and then like I skip breakfast and lunch all breakfast. together. Just have dinner. Economical. It's economical. Breakfast Hi-ha. is the best meal. Efficiency. The most important meal. So, what about anyone else? Um. Yeah. Well, look, none of them are exactly right. I guess I'll put go for a run because the first thing I do is work out. So. Yeah. Wow. Four to five liters of water a day. You work out in the morning You're like that, girl. <laughs> Wow. Wow. No. She got to start vlogging as well, I guess. Yeah, I should start yeah. like, one of those lifestyle. They in a life of productive uni student. <laughs> like literally, none of these apply to me. Like none of them are remotely close. So uh, the closest thing, I guess, is either drink coffee or go for a run. But you know, I, I like to go for a run. I mm. do that every once in a while. But like, I, I have to choose probably go for a run. But that's not really true either. Mm. So, yeah. so what would you do, or what do you do? Check my phone. <laughs> Oh, true. We can check your stocks. I don't check my stocks. I can yeah. check my phone, not my stocks. True. I don't even have stocks. We'll move on to the next question. And yeah, no, Julia. this is slander. I'm not answering this one. <laughs> Juliana. What's your favorite yeah, uh, we'll say we'll say outside of your own. No, no, no. I have to. I'm. I'm not picking. Not student. Okay, well that's true. <laughs> I mean, wait, yeah. it's student. It's student. Yeah, because that's the sitcom yeah, we... I was in. You know, so. So it's not even student. What the heck? Yeah, this is. Oh yeah, well, that was on purpose because um, the exec who who likes. I want the who. Yeah, I want. Yeah, I want the Anyways, yeah. <laughs> who the hell chose? Oh, Clarence chose media. And Kai as well. Why is there? Oh, okay. That's why there's only because four. Kai was in media sometimes. I see. If you if you don't want to say, then you can just click one and then just not say if you're uncomfortable with sharing. Oh, but like we need S's though. Yes, we do. So, like, just click media if you don't have anything else, to be honest. You know, I, I, was, just, I was considering that up until the point you said that. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I was going to say it because you guys, like, are, are in here. But, you know, I'm not going to let you guys have it. Yeah. You, you guys are holding this out. <laughs> I think Jordan should go first. I mean, it's Juno, of course. 100%. Why, why do you sound so uncomfortable? Like, you sound like someone has a gun to your head. <laughs> no, like, it's like you know, shouldn't I shouldn't even have to say, you know. Of course. Fair enough. Yeah, of course. Fair of enough. Course. Of course. Um, I, I guess if I had to choose, um, I, 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 I'll choose Junet as well. <laughs> <laughs> Where are you looking? Nothing. <laughs> okay, and there's no one in my room. <laughs> I'm gonna go with creative, but that's after socials. Um, and it's because I think. I think with creative, they do a lot of uh, the things that, you know, we kind of offload a lot of work to them um, in terms of our banners, in terms of our video. And, you know, a lot of that work, you know, they spend like, I know I've been talking to Gary, um, a lot of other um, subcom members in creative, and they spend a long time making banners. And so, you know, there's no other way. Like, if without banners, they don't get the recognition. Um, the event doesn't get the recognition it has. Hey, I so, can I can make some banners. <laughs> I mean, 
yeah uh, well we lately we've been making our own banners but um you know oh, i also got my ms paint ones oh <laughs> <laughs> also, um, yeah i mean like yeah you know, that, that makes sense i i, I kind yeah. of agree with that socials yeah. wouldn't be um socials socials wouldn't work as well without creative because if it wasn't for creative um your banners would be made by yours truly <laughs> i'll and, probably also extend that to marketing as well because they also you know mm. with our events it's creative and marketing not just creative yeah. nice yeah cool. and our media does nothing <laughs> yeah. unfortunately yeah. we just do our own thing honestly yeah yo you guys we don't, we don't need to rely on anyone else we're self-sufficient <laughs> all right so we'll move on to our final question right, what's your favorite program language yes do you want to read out the options for the audience as well? Okay, yeah, that, sure. Um, so the options are like Rust, C++, HTML, CSS, Python, and TypeScript. Who the hell put HTML, CSS? <laughs> what the... I mean, if I had to choose, probably be close between Rust and Python. Rust because it's like, it's like kind of new and, you know, it's emerging, the emerging one. And all anyone can do is talk about it. But I don't actually use it that much. I just research into it. But mm. it's actually quite interesting. But Python is because it's like, I've used it for so long. It's so easy. <clears throat> But I guess if I can, it would probably Python because I use it the most. I agree with that also because definitely holds a special place. You know, it's the first programming language that I learned properly mm. um, and one that I still use. So, yeah, definitely Python. Yeah, I think for me as well, I think I was first exposed to Python. So, um, and it's also relatively easier than, you know, C and whatnot, C Java. C plus plus. So yeah. Yeah. If JavaScript was there, I would probably I would possibly pick JavaScript because uh, it's so bad. I'm... It's so bad, but it was, <laughs> it makes zero sense. It honestly does. Like one is equal to one. Like the string one is equal to number one. Like there's a bunch of like horrible stuff in there. Um but it was the first language I learned. Um because and it does hold a special place because of how bad it is as well. So it's not actually that bad. TypeScript, but TypeScript is actually a much better version of JavaScript. So mm-hmm. it doesn't hold that special, you know badness in my heart nice and everyone can go ahead and click it and let everyone know who, who you got also read the description below as well yes please yeah i'm not surprised <laughs> i got shrey my <laughs> director from last year right or as you guys know him mm-hmm. your love of coffee comes second only to your love of taylor swift i honestly though I've talked to him so much about this. It's an unhealthy obsession. <laughs> but we do get coffee a lot together. So, <laughs> And then when you're not passing around your door dash link or Messina card, your bright colored hair can always be spotted in a meeting or at a co-op CSE stock event. I will say I did use his door dash link. <laughs> and also I have a Messina card and I do enjoy a lot of Messina. Yeah. And I did just dye the underneath of my hair orange. <laughs> so... <laughs> wow. I did not expect for that one to go through, but um, wow, yeah. that was very accurate. So what was your percentage of how close you are to him? 50%. So it's okay. Oh, yeah. Not... So you okay, still got your own individuality. Not yeah. concerning. Yeah. yeah. I got a 42.86% match. Um, so I was, I got Jamin. Being in charge of all CSA stocks money is no easy feat. Um, you love telling the directors that they can't spend any more money, especially media. Um, I guess, yeah, I've been part of socials. Uh, we All we do is just spend money. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess I, I know all the feeling about that. 
Um, you also have a meta session with Captain showing everyone photos of your own. Yeah, no, um, so I got Kai Chi. Oh, nice. Um, it was a 28.57 match, actually. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so I guess I'm not similar to any of the direct, uh, any of the execs, I guess. Um, but apparently, I'm a tutoring whiz for every comp course, or a touch screen holds a special place in your heart. I didn't even close enough. Touch close enough. But like, you know, it's close enough. As an OG media member, you also boast their excellent podcast editing and Photoshop skills. No, well, I'll take it. Yeah, MS Paint counts. <laughs> I, do, I, I do use Photoshop actually. I do use it for fun. Um, mm. And I do like to edit um, videos in my spare time here and there. Mm. Very well. Have you guys watched my, 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 my dumb videos? Oh, I, I think we've heard about it actually. <laughs> yeah, I, I did make um, a 21 directors, um, socials directors cut. Oh, uh, I've heard about it, but we haven't seen it yet. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'll send you a link after sometime. Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe we'll cut it in somewhere. The walk, Look, have a catch up. It's better if we walk, right? If we walk and then catch us behind. You know what I mean? Yeah, that was great. Thank you for participating in the game. Now we're getting a little more personal into um, each of your subcoms and you know, about yourselves. We'll start with StudX first. So why did you guys rebrand StudX? So what was like the reasoning behind it? Yeah, I think we came up with the idea when we were at first year camp and all the first years were asking us, does StudNet do like networking skills and like mm. career stuff? And we were like, no, that's not oh. what we're about. But then we realized, right, the name Student Network, it, it kind of makes you think that we're here to make students either like network with each other or it just sounds like quite professional right. and like, yeah, like career vibes. And we didn't want that to come across that way. Hmm. So we were trying to think of some way to rebrand ourselves so that it sounded a little bit more like we're just trying to help students with their uni experience. And we're like, hmm. oh, experience. So hmm. That's kind of where it came from. That was not how it came about. <laughs> when I heard the reasoning, like... I thought it was really nice. But Evan, was what is another perspective? Um. So yeah. Uh. They were. We were actually all of us were sitting in a room. Um. Just like, <laughs> Yo. What? We don't like the name Student and Student Networking because it doesn't. It doesn't work. And yeah. we're like, what can we use? And then you know, your boy and freaking Hayes Choi, the other um student student director, we pull out freaking our computers. Go straight to you know the your old old trustworthy thesaurus.com and we just type <laughs> in network and then one of the well we we threw a bunch of stuff in there and we just kept like looking at all the top arm um, synonyms and just like putting student x student x yo student student x doesn't sound too bad you know it kind of matches what we need to do Stu, yeah. student experience it is so that's how it came about yeah I mean I just cut out the details. <laughs> 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 So yeah, so they rebranded uh, using thesaurus.com like you should. <laughs> so for StudX again, how does it feel to be interviewed by someone who chose to be in media rather than StudX? Look. <laughs> I love you guys. You guys asked the perfect question. That is so yeah. good. I'm very proud of my subcom. <laughs> oh, that's a good guess. That's yeah. Good no, like everything happens for a reason, right? Like mm. you're probably thriving in your role. It's, mm. it's what you wanted to do. I'm sure you're getting a lot out of media. Probably not. Um, <laughs> I am, I am. Um, but yeah, my subcoms learnt like React in like a week. <laughs> so, <laughs> so like, um. You might be 
missing out. <laughs> right, right, okay. But you're still very proud of your own subcommittee. Yeah, right so, now. yeah, that's great. Wow, we need a taste for that question. That yeah. man almost oh. that man almost cried over you, buddy. <laughs> he, he felt Came like he was getting a lot of arguments. He felt like <laughs> I was um <laughs> I do remember. Oh, <laughs> uh, he was yeah, you he felt like a heart it felt like a heartbreak for him. He felt like he got rejected by you. You should have tried harder to pull me over, but um, yeah. Actually, when I was trying to convince him to get on this podcast, the first thing he sent me was, um, no, you rejected Studex. So I think that's, that's the main reason he's not here, right? Yeah, like, that's what you rejected him. But it's okay. It's not often that the subcom rejects the director. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Juliana, we know that you're part of CSC SOC as well as Sex SOC, so Security Society. Um, what differences do you see between these two societies? Um, Sexbox is quite a younger society when you compare it. So it is a lot smaller in a sense, and it's a little bit more of a tight-knit group. So you do get quite different experiences from both, um, especially because my roles <laughs> are a bit different. Um, I've learned different things being in both. Um, mm. But, yeah, there has been a bit of transferable skills across um, mainly the reason I decided to try SexOc last year was just because I've been interested in security for ages and, you know, I told myself when I went to uni, I'd, I'd give it a proper go and I thought, you know, if I hold myself accountable by joining a society, then I have to go to events, right? So especially if I'm the events yeah. director. <laughs> so, yeah, I kind of did it to hold myself accountable, but I'm so glad because, like, it, I met so many cool people through it, mm. yeah. One reason why it's different is because you have different roles, right? Mm. So can you tell us a little bit about the differences between your role as a student director and mm. SexOc co-pres or pres? Yeah, yeah. so um, being pres is a lot more of a management role, mm. people management. So you just have to be across all the portfolios. You don't really get to... Mm be so much planning nitty gritty parts of events. So like with CSE SOC, it's a lot of planning for specific things um, and you have like quite a lot of control over how things go. But as much as you think like, oh, Prez, you're like the person that would be able to control the whole society. It's really not that, right? You're just like leading a team. So you have a lot less control, but it can be a little bit more stressful because sometimes like, you're doing nothing, like there's no no problems, nothing's going wrong. And then sometimes it's like things are in flames and, you know, when people, it's, when it becomes too much for people, they're just like, let's just hand it over. This, this mm. is not my problem. Right. And then you're just left with like whatever's there. So, <laughs> yeah, it's that. But also like um, when I was describing the planning stuff for CSE stuff, like so when I was saying I had to start planning peer mentoring in November, the execs had to start thinking about you planning peer mentoring back mm. in like October. So it's like execs are thinking like a month ahead of you to make sure that like everything ends up being on schedule and like organized as well. So yeah, it is a bit more of a, like you have to have a lot of foresight. Mm. Um, and then also people management. Like when I first, when I first became president, I was like, how does one run a meeting? Like, <laughs> how do you just like, <laughs> you know, run a meeting and yeah. keep people like interested? But yeah, it's like a skill that you, you kind of need to learn. It's good soft skills. Mm. Um, and it's also heaps of fun how you can just do kind of whatever. Like, mm. 
you're not tied down in top anything. of the food chain yeah. yeah but then also like in cc sock right like you get more fulfillment when you do one specific thing you see it mm. to the end you watch the event you're like okay i plan that that's like mm. my idea come to life so you do get a bit more fulfillment when you see your ideas kind of flourish like that yeah nice so bit of a more of a spicy question so hypothetically if csc sock and sex sock were both people and were hypothetically drowning who and you can only save one who would you save can i take the like i'd sacrifice myself (laughs) (laughs) no you can't if you sacrifice yourself then all three of you guys will go down (laughs) no Oh, look! I don't just, know. Just hypothetically, oh. just hypothetically. It should be pretty I'm easy, not gonna lie. Special place, honestly. I feel like if I could do some sort of organization first, where I could make sure, like, <laughs> sex sock become like a child of CC sock, like you know, it's like comp club, but it's sex sock, <laughs> and they'll be like, okay, I'm happy now. You know, I can sacrifice right, right. sex sock. Right, but... right. <laughs> I, yeah, I can't otherwise. Like, so basically what you're saying is CSE sock and then sex sock under it. Like you would say CSE sock and then try and form some sort of like other establishment of sex sock. Yeah, no, nah, she just leave it to die. Just leave them to die. Remember what, sub- remember what um, podcast you're on? I know. Sure. <laughs> but like, just say it. Just say honestly, it. Get, no one's going to watch a sex sock podcast. More... It's fine. Yeah, no one's going to watch it. I have big plans for it. Like, well, we <laughs> did. And COVID, but we're, right. we're carrying right. on those plans. You'll see them next year. Mm. And I feel like it hasn't had its chance to like show UNSW yet, mm. you know? Yeah. CC Sock, you're already a big dog. We get it, you know? We, we get it. <laughs> <laughs> you're big. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, yeah. So, in, like, <laughs> no. the sense that you want to like nurture Sex Sock yeah, to be like yeah. reach its full potential kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Bit of an ambiguous answer, but yeah, we'll take yeah, it. Nah, nah, I'm not taking that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You guys have been emphasizing um, focus on international students or um, an outreach to students who um, can't be in like the same position as domestic undergraduate students um, in Sydney. Can you tell us a little bit more about like this purpose and the vision behind Studex and how you guys are working toward achieving this? Yeah, I think it... Um, with international students we didn't really know we had this huge barrier or big barrier in studex just in general is how do you make events for groups that you don't like personally identify with right because you don't know exactly what they want so it was a lot of like reaching out to friends and doing a lot of research and things like that Um, and we found that most people want resources that can kind of last beyond just an event so that's what Mm -hmm. kind of sparked our ideas to do things like guides so we are in the process of developing like a postgraduate guide and an international student guide um and like a wechat so it's like constant communication um and the electives website as well things that kind of last Mm. beyond just one event we kind of got this feedback from last year when we ran the imposter syndrome lecture slash talk with hayden smith and we put it up on youtube and 
live we might have had like 50 people come but then we realized once we put it on youtube we had like hundreds of people watch it and we're like this has Mm. way more of a lasting impact than a one-off thing because people can come back Mm. to it so we also did things like we made study notes with um, like cheat sheets for 1511 with the hopes that like it's a it's something that people can carry with them and use next year and things like that so yeah we're just hoping that we can like reach more people by having those sort of resources also it's a way that we can reach out to groups a bit more safely I guess than just an Mm. event because like realistically we wouldn't really know how to run we don't have many ideas for how to run an event for international students mainly because of the language barriers Mm. so we're like if we can create a resource and it can be translated it's probably easier for people to gain a benefit from yeah yeah I think that's a great approach so one of those things that you mentioned were like the course review or electives website. Yeah. Um, so can you tell us anything about the website right now? Um, since it's unreleased, you don't have to release any confidential information. But yeah, anything about the process or um, how it's going? Uh, Hayes and I decided that we, like pretty much on a whim, he just messaged me one day. He's like, because we had plans to do an elective guide, like a Canva mm. PDF style thing. And it's been in the works for over a year now Mm. (laughs) and yeah we were just kind of not happy with how it was going and he's like what about a website going on with our theme of you know having things transferable because we want to update this Mm. we don't want it to just kind of be a 2020 2021 guide and then just like become irrelevant in three Mm. years time um so we're like, what if we made a website? And then we asked the execs and they're like, you guys are crazy. What are you? Like, you're not projects <laughs> in your space. And we're like, no, 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 we can do it. So stay in your lane. <laughs> stay in your lane. <laughs> yeah, literally. Um, and like some of our subcom haven't even done 1511 yet. Like, mm. <laughs> so we're like, okay, we're about to teach them like, like JavaScript, React, like UI design, everything, mm. Git, um in like two weeks and we're gonna make this website wow and it's actually going very well so far i don't want to jinx things because we want to plan to have it out by mid t3 but um it's been a great learning process and also bonding like it's been great to work with subcom like every day on something pretty cool um but yeah it's i think it's definitely what we needed instead of just a pdf um, which becomes, yeah, like I said, irrelevant in like a year's time as the mm. course changes. Yeah. Yeah. So like that long lasting effect. Mm. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. So yeah. Funny you mentioned about projects because I was going to ask you if you guys are trying to take over projects uh, with what you're doing. Um, but yeah, it seems like you guys are just sticking to this project and um, yeah, looking forward to it. Um, so we know that you are a co-op scholar. We know that it's a generic answer. Um, so what is being, what's it like being a co-op scholar? Um, so a more of a fun question is, do you feel a sense of superiority over the rest of CSE itself as a co-op scholar? God, really? <laughs> no. What are your thoughts on co-op, I guess? Yeah. Honestly, it's like the same as any other composite student. Like most people go through uni and they'll do a couple internships and that's mm. pretty much what co-op is, I guess. So it's like very much the same. If anything, you get paid less. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> that's tea. <laughs> but yeah. 
I mean, if you're yeah, anything I'm like Stray, it. you know, you know, the exact that you're closest related to, apparently, um, he, he doesn't, you, you know, you don't hear the end of it from him. So, yeah, <laughs> that best I'm caught. I think he, I, so. If you're anything like him, wouldn't you just feel just a little bit sense of superiority over the rest of us, us peasants? So, you know, behind closed doors, you'd be surprised <laughs> that Stray doesn't. He's he sometimes just talks come up. Wow. <laughs> wow. Especially when he's at certain companies he doesn't know yet. <laughs> so, wow, that's that's a lot. That's, that's a, a big bit of tea. tea. Yeah. Yeah. It's a whole front, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, next question for both of you guys, socials and students. So you guys are directors for your subcom team. What is it like to work within your respective subcom teams this year? Honestly, it's been a blast. Um, we've had a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> just like, um, you know, like, well, before COVID hit, um, we had a lot of fun and in terms of like, you know, just getting to know each other. You know, I was once a subcom member, so I used to be in that same position and now I'm in a director role. So, um, I mean, majority of the social subcom in our first years. So, you know, they come out of, they've just come out of school. So some of them are a bit more immature than others. Um, but, you know, I think it's it's a good learning experience because it's a good range of people that we have in our subcom. We do have a fourth year as well. So, um, and a third you know, year. And a third year. Hopefully, the younger um, subcom members, you know. I just want to them. say that that third year is not any different from the first years. Yeah, true. <laughs> um, that's why I was reluctant to say it. That's why I was reluctant to say third year. We do have a third year. We have a third year with the, with the mindset of the first year. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's been great. Um, you know, they're they're a fun bunch to work with. I guess. I don't know why you're so nice about. Ask? I don't know why you're so nice about it. Um, <laughs> I I guess I'll I'll go next to let Juliana have a bit of a break since she got losted with quite a few questions earlier. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Uh. I mean, working with Subcom was like a blast. Uh. <laughs> nah. It, it was it was a good time. Uh. So. It, firstly, it, it did like make uh. It did ease the workload off us. We mm. actually got to offload a lot of stuff. But also makes um I guess directorships a little bit more fun because you get to have a bigger team and have a bit more of an interactive experience. It's not just two people crashing out freaking um events, just like smashing out events after event. You got you actually get like a few more people to talk to and work on stuff and have you know bounce off bounce off each other um with new ideas and get a bit more bit more opinions. It's pretty pretty fun. Um, but yeah, uh, since before lockdown, we were still working um on our like kind of our subcom development. Because we did have like a plan um, going like going forward with how, how we wanted to raise these subcom, I guess, sort of like children. So yeah, they start they start off with like um, a lot less a lot less workload, kind of just working on like getting the um, bonding right. So we worked on like getting the chemistry and having a lot more fun, getting to know each other um, in our first term, and in second term before lockdown, we focused on like trying to get them on board with like helping like running activities with a more involved process, but still being there being there for them when they need and kind of helping them along the way. Eventually, we're just like holding their hands, and like um, our plan for third term was that at this point they will be able to run a whole event by themselves. Mm. But obviously, like with lockdown, um, we weren't able to go um as smoothly as possible, and some of those plans have been, I kind of like changed and like um just to suit the um the changing um climate of like environment yeah. or things. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was pretty fun. Uh yeah, yeah, nice. Pretty much trying to give these um subcom the experience I would want them when I was a subcom. Mm. That's what about you, Juliana? Yeah, um, this year we like expanded the subcom 
like when I was in subcom, it was me and t- two other people. Three? Three. Two? Still three. three. I swear they were three. three. I, I, can name, I can name all three of them. <laughs> three. I'll, I'll give you the first one. Oh, yeah, it was three. Okay, there was four of us um, and just one director, just straight. Mm. Um, and now we pretty much doubled our whole team because we got another director and now we have way more subcom with eight. So, no, I can't count. Anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm so bad. Yeah, but we have a lot more people. And the point of that is we've been able to do way better events and more events. Like it was chaotic last year when each of us were working from the beginning, from term one, by ourselves on big events. And it was hard. Like like I remember one of my subcom members had to run the entire um, beginner coding competition pretty much by himself and like, he, he wrote some of the questions too. I'm like, he hadn't even done like, he'd just done 1511. Oh. And I was like, <laughs> oh no, it was a bit of a mess. So yeah, this year it, it's been a lot better having like a lot more people um, just for to help, but also yeah. for ideas. Like we've had like different ideas and being able to run like different styles of events. Usually, well, student in the past, we followed kind of a structure and everyone just knew like you did peer mentoring T1 and then in T2, you just run the coding comp. And then in T3, you might have one or two like very small events and that's kind of it. But this year we've been able to have like multiple competitions and like a bit more flexibility, mm. collabs with other societies and things like that, which hasn't really been possible in the past. So yeah, it's been exciting to see studex now grow yeah that is really cool to hear both perspectives and going off that when you're working with your subcom team do you guys think that you work well with your co-directors starting with juliana yeah okay yes um definitely although he's not here it's not because he doesn't like me it's because he doesn't like caleb so oh okay okay So if Caleb wasn't here, he would be in the podcast anyways, right? Yeah. I could have sacrificed myself. Oh, no. Yeah, no. um, We kind of knew each other a bit before, um, just through, like, mutual friends and stuff. But, um, yeah, it's interesting because Hayes wasn't um, in my subcom last year. So he was kind of new to what Studex is about. Mm. Um, and he'll probably still tell you today that he's not like a hundred percent sure what we do. Um, <laughs> but you know, he, he comes up with a lot of really cool ideas, especially with, um, um, international students a lot more so than probably what I can offer. Um, he came up with the idea of the WeChat, like I think in his interview for the position. So, yeah a lot of like new fresh perspective I guess like because I had said right student in the past was very kind of rigid um and obviously that's all I had seen as well so it was definitely like an extra fresh perspective um so yeah what about the socials team yeah no I hate Lachlan Scott's <laughs> yeah I hate everything <laughs> yeah, man like yeah, I'm just, stuck I'm, with I've been, I've been stuck with you for like three years already. Like, I yeah. I've already worked with this guy already. Like, I don't want to like, get him out of my. Can I get someone new, please? Like, I've known this guy. I already worked with this guy in first year. Like, honestly, like that was enough. Mm. Like, you know, if you wanted a co- cohesive answer, you can just watch our like 
21 questions. Uh, 20, wait, no, 60, 61. I don't remember the number. 73, 73 questions. Yes. 73 <laughs> questions. Um, like the social director's cut, and we'll tell you about all our chemistry. <laughs> and uh, freak this guy. Like, I don't know, man. Like, I've known him for too long. Just, just not, not a good, just not a good pairing. I don't know, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know what Shay was thinking as well. You know, last year he paired <laughs> us together for peer mentors, and then this year he paired us together for directors. Like, the only thing keeping us together is our our, our freaking um our children. <laughs> <laughs> our subcom is the only thing keeping us together, man. Like, we're, mm. we we've been in our unhappy marriage for years. <laughs> yeah. But you know, we we both can't. We can both settle. Like we only, we stay together. You know, for the kids. That's it. Mm. And then after the kids are directors. You guys are just gonna file a divorce or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah 100%. Yeah, it's over. Um, it's over. yeah I guess um, he, he'll probably take, what's your, I'll probably take 50% of it. So, you know, it, it's, a, it's a dump for me if I get, I'll be able to get that. After all, he is a comp size student with, you know, he's gonna be earning the big bucks soon. Aren't you also a comp size student? <laughs> like, barely. Like, I what do you mean, I'm, I'm a failing comp sci student. He's a he's a um thriving yeah, thriving, yeah, <laughs> thriving comp sci student with a with HDs in thriving. every course. HD. He's like on the dean's list, everything. You know, oh. he's a model, model, model student. Can't relate. <laughs> um, so yeah, now we are belting questions to socials. So um, what are these? What are these like these these late these these adjectives that we're using? Like <laughs> I, I just like the adjective that was used earlier. Um, absolute smash was it? I don't remember. Uh, belting. I'm sure. Belting now. I don't know. It's it just came on the top of my head. Okay, so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Um, I question it. As social directors, would you guys say that you are introverted or extroverted, and how do you think that affects the way you run your events or run in your subcom or as a director? Um, I think I'm more of an introverted extrovert, if that makes sense. It's like I'm more so of an introvert, but I try to be extrovert. And you can probably see this in um, this podcast. But basically, this means that I'm more of the organizational point of um, socials, where uh, Evan is more of the fun side of socials. <laughs> um, but in terms of how we um, how we run the event, um, I guess it was pretty obvious from camp, like, you know, I took up all the admin work and Evan did most of the activities. So I guess it just works, you know? Um, hmm. So no reason to change it. Um, yeah. Mocha kind of answered me, mine for me, I guess. Uh, <laughs> but no, I want to say that he's wrong. I'm like, I'm 100% introvert. Like, I'm scared of people. I, uh, I, don't, like so- I don't like social <laughs> gatherings at all. Cap. <laughs> I, I guess I mean, in all seriousness uh, yeah I do I would probably lean towards more extroverted side like I do like talking to people I'm not afraid of like getting out there and like putting myself out there and like you know making fun of myself so that others can have a good time but with that say with that said we, it does make me and Lachlan a good team um, but yeah over the course of our um, our directorships uh, we we have like tried to like lean on each other and try to learn from one another because we actually do have very um, separate uh, different skills and that's one of the best parts of a pairing like anything that um, a lot of um, my flaws and weak points he actually makes up for um, mm. for those and for the little flaws that he has I you know I'm able to you know get get by get the job done <laughs> but yeah, yeah I guess I'm definitely more on the extrovert sides but that's probably does affect how we run our events um, with what Lockton said 
but um, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I do like to get out there, meet some people, try to get people having a good time. And that's not limited to just the community. I do try to work with a lot of um, other societies because um, mm. it's quite easy to reach out to other societies. And I do like talking to other new people, especially when you're stuck inside CC stock and you all, every other person you meet, it's just a comp side nerd. Um, you know, <laughs> you do want to get out there, you know, meet other people of like, mm. you know, of, of what wide variety of different like cultures. I, what is it? Like, whatever. I'm more pull up the diversity <laughs> card. But yeah, of more diverse um, backgrounds. Talk about freaking like I don't know what what comp science students talk about Microsoft JavaScript uh, <laughs> I don't know, Google yeah, yeah. start it's hearing just... about the stock market yeah very <laughs> interesting yeah that's actually pretty cool hearing from the both of you so here's a question for Lachlan specifically so hearing that you apparently studied overseas well you've been overseas more than you've been in Australia from like prior research you went to like seven different schools over four different countries what is what is it like to study in an international school um i guess it's different um so i actually came back to australia when i was in year 10 and um a lot of people would be like why would you do that because like you know don't you want to have friends going up to year 10 and then from year 10 to year 12 you, you know you have some kind of stable friendship um going through that um, unfortunately, I didn't um, have that. So, and I guess it's interesting because in international schools, most people's parents, I should say, are expatriates. Um, if you guys don't know what those um, those are, those are people who've been sent out of their country to um to work in a different country, so they get paid a little bit more than they would locally, and you know they get kind of the more luxurious life, I would say. But that also comes with a flip side, in which it means that they often get posted back to their country after, let's say, three years. So the sad reality is um, most of my friends that I meet in international schools leave after three years because their parents go back to their, um, you know, where they came. Um, and as a result of that, you know, I didn't really have the chance to, you know, get what I would call stable friendships. And most of you guys probably grew up in Australia, have the same friends in primary or, well, may not, but most of them in my school had friends in primary that moved all the way until the end of school. I did not have that. Um, so I guess in a way, it, it taught me to like, you know, quickly, you know, adapt to new environments in a way. Being in an international school, you know, after three years, you know, a new face pops in and you're like, who's this guy? Um, or who's this girl? And you're like, oh, okay, time to make new friends. And so as a result, you know, it kind of makes me um, adapt to situations and different environments really well. Well, you've been in uni for like three, four mm -hmm. years now. Three and years, yeah. yeah, so that means you had those three years to um, maintain that sort of relationship with like mm -hmm. the peers around you in uni. Yeah. With Evan? I was yeah, with Evan. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I don't but, get paid um, enough. <laughs> uh, now I guess I can go into the nitty-gritty bits about um, being an international school so most of the international schools that I went to were in China and they went off the American syllabus for some reason um, so I guess that's interesting because there's a high proportional amount of international students there that are actually South Korean um, surprisingly um, but I guess I grew up with a bunch of different people like in terms of culture so I guess I'm culturally aware in the sense um, in that, you know, I grew up in a melting pot of, let's say, people from diverse backgrounds and, you know, diverse upbringings in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Nice way to put it. Yeah. 
And now we have a specific question for Evan. So since you're such a <coughs> Beanock, um, have you been in <laughs> have you you've been like involved in a lot of societies not limited to CSE soft as well as taking internship roles throughout uni? So how do you balance your uni life work within your directorship of societies and internships and work experience? So I didn't read the script until like pretty much as this like po podcast was happening. So I was reading the script like, and I was like, why do you guys know this? Who the hell give you your, <laughs> all this information? Because you guys definitely did not know this. I want you guys to be stalking me. Resources. Please wrap, wrap them out. Who, who is a genie? <laughs> uh, we can discuss this after. We can discuss this after. With the right payment, we'll, we'll, we'll give the names. Hey, man, I told you, your boy is broke. Your boy is struggling. I'm, I'm, trying to get, I'm trying to get money off my sugar daddy, Lachlan. Why do you think, why do you think we're still friends? I'm telling you, you're not paid enough. I don't have nothing. I mean, anyways, I guess, like, <laughs> no seriousness. I mean, this is actually a pretty interesting question. It's like, um, I, I don't know if you guys heard, heard of the triangle. Like, have you guys heard of the old triangle, like, back in high school where you got like, oh, yeah. sport, you got sport, um, I think sport, fun, and, like, academics or something like that. I don't remember. Um, nah, it was, was more it? like food. Oh, like, it was like sleep, social, sleep and social, studying. Yes, yeah. like sleep, social, academics, right? Mm. It's yeah. not like the free, right? But uh, I guess in my case, the free is like, I guess social, academics, and also like, uh, what's it? I guess Work. career, career. Mm. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm still only human. You know, the easiest way is that you sack one of them. <laughs> I, I, I you can only choose two out of three uh, so i guess guessing you i don't know if you guys i mean you guys were asking about you know internships and um uh so societies so i guess you guys can tell which one i sacked i sacked my academics um <laughs> <laughs> um but for for those who know me recently like well and like i have actually done a course with me yes a lot of them knows i don't do i don't really do my uh assignments or tests until like you know literally eight hours before it starts oh. like, i've never started an assignment more than a day before it's the due date which is not something i recommend but if you're saying like how i do balance it that's how i balance it <laughs> oh um, my god <laughs> Another thing that I do is uh, I actually only do two courses a term, which I've done ever since uh, mm. first year. And that really does help, you know, keep the academic failure to a minimum. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Damage control. Yeah, damage control, exactly. Mm -hmm. right? So I do two courses a term, which um, frees up a lot of time to, you know, have a lot of fun with um, friends um, and also do more society work and kind of get more of uni life as well as, you know, getting a uh, part-time job or internship, you know, so that I can fund my funding, uh, fund my fun. Yeah. Um, but yeah, cause like, I guess it's, I, I think you guys might notice and probably realize it before lockdown, but you know, our society life, you know, isn't cheap and does cost a bit of money. Um, it's not like it's expensive or anything. It's just that like, you know, when you go out, it's quite easy to spend, you know, $50 a night just on dinners and drinks, mm -hmm. uh, like, you know, karaoke, pool, whatever you might, might be up to. But one of the things I do recommend is actually doing two, like, um, two courses a term. It's actually one of the more people should do it. It's so much fun because um, I've been coming into uni. Like I did really value uni life and also like the experience you get in uni because like it's something that you can't get ever again. Like mm. before you know what you're graduating and what you're working nine to five for the next 10, 20 years, you're not going to get this freedom and this amount of fun. And like, you know, seeing your friends like this every other day besides, you know, on a Friday night on drinks, that's about all you can get uh, when you start working. So that's why I want to stay a little bit more time in uni. And one of the things I've done that is to sacrifice or not sacrifice, I guess like slow down my uni degree and like kind of like extend it. I mm. feel like what, oh yeah, it's called underloading. That's the actual term. 
So I guess I underload so that I have more time to do other things and, you know, just chill for uni. That is a very interesting perspective. So question for both of you guys, Lachlan, Evan. A while ago, you were working with other societies and company sponsors as a collaborative barbecue event. What is it like having to work with sponsorships and integrating them into your weekly barbecues? Free money, extra money. <laughs> Bigger budget. Extra sausages. Extra money, extra, <laughs> extra advertising you know mm. bigger budget um i mean it's not too bad like usually we um just because like careers just reach out reaches out to us because we don't actually contact sponsors mm. um and their careers just reaches out yo um this company is interested in barbecue when can you guys host it and, and we so firstly we we have been working we did work on a package like deal with that so either they can like let us run it with our normal budget um and just you know just run normal barbecue and they're just there to, you know we throw them on the banner and we just get a little bit more exposure and they come in um give out merch or whatever they want to do um, or we also have an option we like where if they want to give us some money or bring in like um, extra food, they could do that and we can make it uh, accommodate and make it a bit better. So I don't know if you guys know, but we ran a Arista barbecue in week three, I believe. Often. Yeah. Yeah. And so they brought in like um, beers and stuff uh, and a lot of alcohol, which was like, you know, it's something that we obviously advertise and like, so yeah, Arista's here um, and they um, give me our free merch. They give out t-shirts and stuff. So that's one of the things that uh, we do. It's like pretty straightforward. Um, helping run um, a um help you run a sponsored barbecue isn't that much more difficult um but we just need to have a bit of prior notice and also work it into our schedule and have our timeline ready that's all mm. but um if you're talking about actually like barbecue events um the one that we ran in the first time of term two that one was oh, yeah. that was a bit of a headache that one but there was a lot of people there was a lot of people there was a lot of people mm-hmm. we um the average line wait was 30 minutes <laughs> But, so lucky to have a cue card. <laughs> yeah, there you go. But yeah, so I mean, if you guys want a little bit more about that one, that was a bit more headaches. If you guys want to hear about that, I mean, sure, you can rant about it. Lockton, <laughs> you want to real rant a little bit? Mm-hmm. You, I think you, I'm good. I'll just you, add on. You, later. you rant as much as you you rant whatever you have, and then I can I can begin my 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 rant. I guess the main problem for the event was that. I think O Week was happening at the same time and no one no one volunteered to be on the O Week store. So I got um some of my yeah. subcom to be on O Week store as well. So we were down, I think, half our subcom because they went to O Week store for like they wanted to help out, also get some free merch as well. Um and that meant that we were operating at a you know lower capacity of production. Yeah, lower production production rate, I guess. I not slapped that on top with the foot, like the foot, how do you call it? The foot you- traffic of Globe Lawn, like mm. you, you've got a, you've got yourself a disaster, you know, like waiting to happen. Um, and I guess we realized like really quick on that we reached a choke point and we we had to go, you know, we we had to sacrifice people's you know wait time. Um, but hopefully it was worth the wait. Um, but yeah, apart from that, um, you know, there was a logistical issue with um, the beef actually being frozen beforehand. And then we oh. had to cook it at the barbecue and it was frozen as a block um, as well as that. Um, apart from that, it was just a whole, but we had to set up two barbecues, one for rice, um, the other one for the actual bulgogi. Um, and then we had to roster people on and off. And yeah, it was just, it was a nightmare, I guess. So that was, yeah. yeah. A lot of what Logan was talking about is like, you know, what happened on the day, but there was a lot of more logistical issues uh, going into it, going forward. <laughs> Because um, your boy was the one who freaking had to go to Costco, buy all that meat, 
and that wasn't the worst part i mean firstly you know we had to find like we, we had to like you know buy it like you know a day or two we couldn't like buy a week out right we actually had to buy a day or two because the meat like would expire because it wasn't like um it was prepared meat which means it goes bad quickly and there was expired mm -hmm. days so we bought it three days in um, advance so and the expi it expired on the day but it's best before. Don't tell me <laughs> that. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, 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 no. Let me, let me finish, okay? Let me finish, okay? So, so it, it was a best before, firstly. Secondly, right? The day expired was like not on the day, like the day after, okay? Legit perfect. Okay. It was perfect timing. Yeah, it was legit after, perfect timing. Was like, I, I did research. I did my research. Okay? Usually they make the meat like, you know, perfectly um, so that you can store for three days. So I had to buy it like three days out, right? It was not, okay? Did anyone get sick? That's what I'm saying, right? And okay, look, there are food and health concerns which will all abide. I promise they will all abide it. Okay, um, so firstly, and that wasn't even the worst part. The worst part was actually trying to store the meat because we had like freaking like twelve, maybe like we're like twelve packets mm. of freaking one point four kilogram meat. Like each package was like on average, like you know, like I don't know how to describe it, but like an arm's length, right? And no one's feeling that in the fridge. And like I was convincing our parents to you know, um, <laughs> store you know, like meat for for like for some society, you know. Have you guys ever tried to explain what a society is to your parents? <laughs> not fun. Oh god. No one, no, no one understands what they are. Okay, like I, I just started calling. It, uh, yeah, it's basically a business. Like it's, it's like it's, a, it's like a job. <laughs> it's like a job at uni. Yeah, and that was and that's what it is. A paid job. Mom. Yeah, pay, pay, pay. But that's what um I started doing was uh like I had to split the um meat um between all the subcommons, try to work out a way, way of getting them to uni um quick enough so that it wouldn't you know um not free. So I had to drive them. Um, like work out driving uh, schedules to actually drive them to uni so that the, to get them into the uni freezer so they wouldn't, you know, uh, go bad because that is really bad. So, but on top of this, we actually were trying to buy a new barbecue at the time. So we had the added logistical issues of a new barbecue. Um, wow. And so we bought, I had to also buy that barbecue as well. And we had to like set up the day before and test the barbecue literally the day before. Luckily, everything went all right. But besides that, um, we got everything to the um, uni eventually and with the you know as you probably experienced like the, the freaking meat was fucking goaded was it not it was not some good shit <laughs> it was actually real meat too it was it's like really good meat, meat um but yeah we were planning that barbecue for like probably like five weeks and five six mm. weeks in advance we booked out the globe lawn book yeah we started booking stuff we learned from our mistakes yeah. <laughs> um, we booked out the globe lawn very early on we got the barbecue ready we scheduled all the dates everything went like honestly everything went to plan um there weren't like the only major issues was just like um you know, it was just a headache. And we, we expected a lot of people, but we didn't expect that many people, you know. Uh, we expected it, but we weren't, we were, we, we expected it, we were prepared, but we couldn't do anything more. And um, people waited, but we started to realize like, yeah, it wasn't too bad because like we found some lecturers and like um, we found lecturers and to just like go up and down. Like Marshy was just there, just having chats and people in, came in groups of their friends and like, you know, what's a one, what's a one hour wait? You know, who cares? You get freaking free meat, it's free food. <laughs> like if you really want to wait, just go, just go, like it's fine. No one's sure. going to complain that you're leaving and just, um, it worked out fine. Um, and it was some really good food. So yeah, I was overall like a huge success, but that was probably the most challenging barbecue that we've had. It was quite ambitious. It's never been done before. And I was one of the reasons why we, we went up like a couple hundred, um, likes or followers on our Facebook page that day. Oh yeah. Because like you were on the line and then you were mm -hmm. telling people, uh, did you, did you like our Facebook? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, what what's a, like yeah. if, I, if I was them, I would legit just like it. it's free food. Like who wouldn't like a face face sure. of a free bagolgi, right? And yeah. like I don't care if you we don't really care if you dislike dislike it after. Like, you can unlike it after. But overall, most people are just if you can't be bothered to like it, you probably can't be bothered mm -hmm. to unlike it. Yeah. <laughs> and like um, I mean, I mean I'm quite a I think 
if you want to know the stats, we got like I think two hundred or three hundred um, more likes that day, and we lost like twenty wow. likes off the day after. I it's a net positive. I yeah. don't really matter. That's worth. Yeah, we're just paying you know eight hundred bucks for a couple of likes. <laughs> <laughs> I call it work. Marketing one hundred and one. Exactly, but yeah, I think that was one of the things we wanted to do to like. Um, because it was during O week, right? So like, there's a lot of new students, and like, people actually come to uni mm. um, early on in the term. So we want to get CSOC out there and kind of like get our image out there. That mm. was one of the easiest way we did it. I think I'll add to um the sponsor regarding collaborative barbecues with sponsors. Um, sometimes it's actually for us it's actually easier. Um, and for one prime example is the Canva barbecue where we literally don't have to do anything. But unfortunately, uh, Canva's not coming this year, so. As a result, um, you know, I mean, we don't even have barbecues, so I guess we got our work cut out. But usually, if camera comes over, it's a lot easier for us because we literally just stand around and, you know, just chat with people. So what Lachlan means by that is, is that camera literally sends cooks for us. They literally send their own, like, chefs and, stuff, and they cook the food. Yeah. And they bring their own food. And we don't, we don't even need to cook anymore. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Maybe you, maybe it's all day off. Maybe you wanted to say that, you know, like, Lachlan. Hmm? Maybe you wanted to say that because like no one knew, knew what you meant by. Sorry, I got you. Yeah, you got me. You got me. Yeah. I mean, what said is already said. <laughs> but um, yeah, that was that was fun. Barbecues, miss yeah. them. Yeah, I mean, as a barbecue visitor and a Facebook user, we have found out that Lachlan is currently in a relationship with a. <laughs> barbecue grill called Jebediah Dump Truck. Um, so what is the backstory behind this and how is the um, long distance relationship with Jebediah Dump Truck going? Is this, is this the point where I tell everyone that I'm cheating on Evan? Like, what cheating on me? Wow. I mean, to be fair, we're like, our relationship isn't that happy. At least you found it. Yeah, it's on the ropes. Well. It's on yeah. the ropes. It's on True. the ropes for a long time. <laughs> Nah, um, I guess I'll give you guys the backstory on it. Um, um, I the funny thing is that for our new barbecue, we actually had to go through a proposal with the treasurer regarding uh, which barbecue we were going to buy, and we actually gave this task to our subcom to do it, and they decided that instead of using the normal name for a barbecue, they would name the actual barbecue as something, and uh, the the barbecue that we actually bought was they named it Jeffrey Dump Truck, and. Yeah, that's what happened. But that's what the, that's how the name of the barbecue happened. But in terms of the Facebook account, uh, honestly, this is how much I can give you that someone in CSC stock is actually running that account. I won't give you who it is, oh. but someone in CSC stock is running that account, and um, that account is more so. Um, I guess we found out that it's a good way to. Uh, <laughs> get more of a public presence, I guess, um, <laughs> in terms of, yeah, it's, it's all about publicity, right? So you might see one or two times Jebediah drunk that dump truck actually likes or clicks following, mm. and, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of a meme, really. Um, yeah, in terms mess- of the messages on like freaking Unisubby love letters and random stuff. Yeah, sometimes, <laughs> yeah, sometimes it messages on that. Sometimes it writes in Chinese as well about Confucius, <laughs> I don't know. Um, <laughs> but in terms of the relationship it's, it's a joke honestly um, it's more so again for a bit of a publicity and yeah I guess that's all it is yeah no 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 no. There, 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 there's a bit of cap in there 
so so like everything he said was legit up until the point where he's um he, he didn't actually reveal how you know they got in a relationship he's just trying to hide the fact you know he doesn't he doesn't want me to actually have you know grounds for divorce um so what what actually happened was uh so I don't know if you've seen, but Lachlan has been working a lot, a lot of overtime, you know, at our barbecues. He always insists on cooking, you know, always being insists at the, at the barbecue. And I mean, some people start realizing and it was like, yo, Lachlan is like, hey, I, I swear, this guy is, this guy is like a sus, man. He's always at this barbecue. He's always like, insisting on being with the barbecue. But yeah, that's how their um, free wishes, like um, adultery um, came about. Uh, and yeah, so that's how the that relationship actually started. And no, it's not it's not a joke. It's it's serious, okay. <laughs> I mean, it's long distance now because no barbecues are happening. Uh, that's what you think. Oh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure this man this man oh, is going outside. Lord. I think he's traveling 5.1 kilometers to you know see his yeah no no 5.01 kilometers. True, you're allowed to go outside your bubble to see. Yeah, exactly. Compassionate reasons. True. Oh, your partner. True. Oh. <laughs> Clint has now a legitimate reason he can say if he gets caught. Yeah, uh, like he literally is dating a hot grill. No, but if, if you if you did realize, um, he was Lachlan was also in a um another freaking damaged relationship with our old barbecue. I I don't know what we named it, uh, but like if you ever saw our old barbecue, that thing was like freaking like it was it was missing a leg. It was missing, oh yeah, missing a wheel. Freaking like. A borderline freaking health and safety code like <laughs> that shit was like the paint was peeling like i swear you were like okay it was actually safe we cleaned it every time but yeah enough now that thing was falling apart we used the brick for its leg like that thing was like so broke you could probably like uh compete in the paralympics or some shit probably win though it probably win it probably win <laughs> but like yeah nah that thing was um it was legit missing a leg to be completely honest um so that's why we got a new barbecue and lachlan you know you know being being the being the man he was straight jumped on it just like just jumped on it yeah nice yeah so that was that was the story of jebediah dump truck and lachlan and um yeah we'll move on to our final comments now so final few questions so what is the most challenging or rewarding aspect or and rewarding aspect of being a director the most rewarding parts are probably when the event's happening and you see everyone interacting and like actually having fun it's like worth it at that point. Um, and then when you get the feedback as well and, and most people like thank you for it and like they're actually appreciative for all the work that everybody puts in for it. Um, the other great part about it is just the community. Like it's everyone's always like, oh, why would you do it? It's similar to work, but it's like not because you get to do it with your friends and the whole process is done with friends. It's like, mostly memes like we just saw right so it's not really it's like so different because you're with people that you can have fun with and you just like mess around it's great but then in the end you actually learn a lot and can help people as well so I like the mix between those two things really um what's hard um Probably for me, it's probably like the short term stresses. So when it's like you don't have a room in the events tomorrow, that's like not ideal. And it can be like quite stressful when it gets down to it, right? Because like 
at the end of the day, you're responsible for the event because you're the director. It doesn't fall on your subcom or it doesn't really, it's not the exec fault either because like it's your event. So if something does go wrong and you can't really fix it, then it's like, you know, you, you it was kind of your fault. Um, but like with that being said, like CC is such a supportive community that I don't think that ever happens. Like if something does go wrong, there's always someone who can help you or has your back. So I wouldn't say it's something that will like deter me from doing it again or should deter anyone else. Um, but yeah, that's, that's my summary. <laughs> nice. Um, I'm literally going to take literally all the stuff she said about rewarding and add <laughs> onto it. So not to make you guys hear it twice, but yeah, everything Juliana said, I want to reiterate it. Like I definitely um, agree with her there and like really resonate hardly. Well, I really resonate like, um, really strongly with what she said because you know we went through very similar processes and really similar experiences um but i guess like some other really rewarding parts is like um besides you know creating your events and actually seeing them happen other, another thing is um i want to say is that like working with your own subcom and like it's amazing like this this team um it's not it's really not like um it's not just a team it's also a group of friends that you guys will actually make life like like literally like uh, friendships that will last far beyond than just like you know the subcom or and director tenure uh, tenure i don't know how to say that word um but yeah it lasts way longer than that and you guys have experienced so much um you know so much ups and downs that you guys have become like really good friends by the end of it but besides that um i guess like what like some challenging parts besides like literally all the stuff we mentioned over like the entirety of this podcast um some of the biggest challenges is like firstly like, when things go wrong and like that happens so much in the entire event planning phase other things is when you know last last second um hiccups come up um, another thing would be actually like you know one, one of the one of the like less like less like talked about um, responsibilities of a director is actually raising the subcom which are ready for next year and like, the, like yeah. to actually take on the next challenge so that actually actually one of the challenges like you actually prepare and raise these kids pretty much um, to be ready um, you know to take on your your like take on uh, you know getting your shoes next year but yeah like for some of these kids come in like uni with no like social experience um, having ne- never been uni before and like you have to teach them like literally the ropes and let alone freaking how to plan the whole entire event for a bunch of other people so that's pretty challenging but it's all worth it um like it's honestly like really fun like because it's worth it you get to see like these kids develop it actually does make you a parent like in a way and it's and that's one of the things which does make me want to kind of be a parent is and also not be a parent because i hate little kids like genuinely <laughs> i hate little kids they're so annoying but i wouldn't mind if you get to skip all the way to 16 because before that they're just crying this is who don't listen to you but yeah like you actually do raise these kids um it's really rewarding to see these guys develop and actually change and actually like i've seen a lot of my own subcom mm-hmm. actually learn a bunch of things and they've actually grown through the experience um but yeah like if you ask me like um if i want to do it again i probably wouldn't say yes but if you ask me if i would i do it like if, if i had the choice to do it like um at the start would i do it again yes but would I do it again? No, if that makes sense. Okay, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I'll explain it just a little bit more. Um, would, um, would I do it again, like, after this? No. But would I do it all over again if you gave me the choice again? Yeah, yes. Mm. Nice. I guess for me, um, in terms of, I guess, most of the stuff that's rewarding has already been said multiple times. But I guess reiterating, it's, it's really just a worthwhile experience. Because, you know, not only do you see other people grow, um, you also see yourself grow through the process of like when who I was in the beginning of the year is not the same as who I was now. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's about that constant growing process as well. On top of that, you've got the satisfaction of seeing your events actually go through. So I remember when Evan and I, we finished first year camp, we were just like, 
thank god it's over <laughs> <laughs> like actually yeah. said that um but you know it's it's that satisfaction like yes it's done and you know mm. um and it's and it's only made worthwhile because people actually come up to you and say you know it's like it was such a good event and i've actually had so much you know opportunities to meet new people and you know you're giving those people that kind of you know that extra hand in, mm. in moving into such a new environment that's a challenging um evan did actually say about like subcom i think the most challenging bit about that is that when you're first starting when you first get subcom you kind of have to assume that they don't really know anything so you kind of have to look over them and at the same time you want them to you know you, you want to you want them to give as much exposure to them right in terms of like you know you want them to get on the ball as soon as possible but at the same time you're also looking behind them and making sure they don't mess up as well and i guess the challenging part of that is you know kind of like you know putting them out there and making sure that they actually do the stuff but at the same time, you know, checking back on that and making sure that it goes to how you would not do it. Because, you know, if you were to do it, if you were to do it yourself, you know, you could do it really easily, but someone else not the same, right? So I guess that's one of the challenging things. And I guess more so now because we're living in a COVID era is more about the uncertainty. And in terms of social events, uncertainty plays a big factor in terms of, um, in terms of how we plan things. Like, you know, one week we could be thinking about, oh, you know, we could have a pub crawl next week, but you know, the week actually comes and there's no pub crawl because some guy's mm. been barbecuing galore or something. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's, it's really hard to, and I guess about that, it's just like coming up with multiple plans, like not just one plan, but like three plans to one plan, because, you know, mm. um, for camp um, our camp was actually changed multiple times during the period up to camp um and because of that the because of the restrictions easing and whatnot and you know it was challenging because we have to get people in and then we have to get people we don't want to turn people away as well so we have to like kind of find the middle ground and whatnot but yeah uncertainty plays a big factor in planning events and i would say that's probably the most challenging thing um that i, I have faced as a director so far yeah nice it's um, also reminded me of one thing as well which is like another rewarding aspect which i kind of forgot to mention which is like um being a director and like oh being like being a normal person like or like i'm part of the community you're like you, can, you see a lot of stuff and like oh wow i would have done like that or i, I would have liked this but as a director you can see that stuff and you know you can be the change you seek and you can literally do what you see you see something that you like like you would have liked just do it because you can and that's one of the best parts is like actually being able to you know to uh, create change on where you wanted to see it. Like it's not on the scale of like, you know, changing the world, but you know, you change your society, you know, change the community and, you know, um, do what stuff, how you would have liked to do, do it. Yeah. All right. So last question is what advice would you give to your first year selves? Actually, like listening to this podcast, like when Evan was talking about doing two subjects a term, because, you know, to make the most out of university, mm. if I, were to go back in time and go as the first year again i'll probably do that because you know um if you're like in your second year now like juliana you probably had two years of online covid like <laughs> like it sucks because you don't even get yeah. the chance to experience the full uni life what's the point of like you know moving on with life when you haven't experienced the full potential of what you could mm. have had in uni so if i was to go back in give some advice to my first year self would probably, you know, take two courses a term, like, you know, experience uni to the fullest. 
like who cares if you like delay a degree by one term or two term like the, the experience you get out of it is so worthwhile hmm. i guess i guess for me uh i mean big, i was pretty happy with how i like went for uni but i mean one advice would be probably like probably care less about freaking internships and like jobs like that stuff comes like naturally um it, that i would i would i do it again yes and i do not regret any of it because like it has put me in a point um in life where i have like have job security and that enables me to have as much fun as i do because um you don't have that like wavering like sense of like oh am i gonna like, get a good job because that is quite a scary thing coming out of uni but um it does it did sacrifice a little my social life like i um, every once in a while like when i was working like um because i did work full-time for a bit it's like um small things it's like you know like when you're gaming online with the boys like, like you know at 11 a.m no not 11 a.m 1 a.m 2 a.m <laughs> I, I mean i have done that like you know but whatever that, that's a story for another time um but like you know you're gaming at 1 a.m but like you know the boys say like oh hop up for another one can't end on a loss like you gotta you say no no man i gotta work tomorrow like once or twice it's fine but like you know eventually it does eat you up like why why do i care like about so much about this job mm. like right like what am i getting of some money like i can earn this later on um other things like you know when, when your mates go out for drinks go out for ball you know just go out in general like you turn them down once or twice because you have to you know you have a nine-to-five job every day it's fine but like when, once again like when you're doing it for six months straight you start to like rethink like do i really care this much especially at this point in mm. life where you know especially it's because for me like especially in my earlier years, my friends, not, not many of my friends, you know, work that much. And when you're working and your friends aren't, it's quite hard to, you know, like feel like you're a bit of FOMO and you're missing out. Um, I feel like it's going to be different when um, all of us are working since we're all experiencing the same thing. And so that mm. it's a bit less of FOMO. So I guess one advice I give myself is like, you know, don't care too much about your curiosity. Focus on the now, I guess. Yeah, I guess for me, it would probably be more... Um, like personal so to be a bit more confident in like my ideas and and like how I see things because like I guess as a first year you kind of go into uni I was with the mindset of like I don't know if I really like belong and like should be here and like if I end up doing society stuff like I just got to kind of listen to what other people say and just go along with it um, but like you have a really unique perspective and everyone does and you should definitely bring it up and like speak about it and present ideas like because the worst thing you can be faced with is a no and that's like not bad at all you know so yeah, um, yeah probably just to be a bit more confident in like um, taking opportunities like fully and and just going for things rather than being a little bit scared um, or like holding back a bit yeah Great. Nice advice, everyone. Um, so, yeah, are there any final comments you guys would like to say? Um, yeah, shout yeah. out to my boy, Hayes Hello. Choi. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully he watches yeah. this because yeah. he said he would. He said he would, but we'll see. Yeah. We have to make him watch it and see what he missed out. Yeah. We'll tell yeah, him there's true. some spicy tea in it and then he'll watch it. Yeah. Ooh. So, to all of the people listening and watching, we hope you learnt more about the foundational roles that work behind the scenes of CSCSOC, bringing life to all the cool events throughout the year. And if you missed out this year, don't worry, because there's always next year, and get involved to this like welcoming community. And we would like to thank the socials and student directors for being guests of this podcast. And till next time, 
see you soon. Bye.